Hey, Changemakers. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Engage for Good podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. And I hope that you got some time to unplug and recharge this holiday season. We have an awesome slate of podcasts lined up for January, and I'm super excited to dive in. So for today's episode, we're talking about Procter & Gamble and Hispanic Star. Procter & Gamble, together with Hispanic Star, Major League Soccer, Televisa Univision, and other stakeholders, launched Capitanas del Futuro, a multi-year program that leverages the Hispanic community's passion for soccer to help prepare the next generation of Latino leaders. It's the culmination of four years of work between P&G and Hispanic Star. The Immersive Capitanas del Futuro program provides middle and high school students with free access to role models, resources, tools, scholarships, and mentorship to help them overcome the structural barriers the Hispanic community faces along the pathway to higher education and career opportunities. In today's episode, I'm joined by Jeronimo Escudero, P&G's Senior Brand Director, and Claudia Romo Edelman, founder of Global Goals Cast, Hispanic Star, and We Are All Human, to talk about this incredible program. For each MLS player on the field, there are 10 to 15 people behind the scenes. And those people represent super exciting career opportunities across marketing, health, production, media, and a whole bunch more. And this program's objective is fourfold. One, get more Hispanics to enroll in and finish college. Two, help them obtain higher paying and more satisfying jobs. Three, leverage the soccer ecosystem to identify youth who show leadership potential and help them prepare for, get into, and graduate from college. And number four, increase representation of Hispanics in the soccer industry and corporate America. This program keeps kids off the streets where they're most likely to be lured away from school. It reinforces the importance of Hispanic values and engages and educates parents as key allies in helping their children access a college degree. In today's episode, we'll explore how this program ties into Procter & Gamble's business goals and CSR work and why it's important to the business what the data and inspiration was for developing this program, how phase one went, and what's in store for phase two of Capitanes del Futuro, what Claudia and Jerónimo learned along the way, Jerónimo's advice for authentically reaching diverse audiences, Claudia's advice for building culturally relevant social impact campaigns, their framework of action and program strategy, how to think about intersection points in partnership development, how Hispanic Star is working to unite the Hispanic community, and why Hispanic progress is a win-win-win. And with that, let's get started. Hi, Hedo and Claudia, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ali. It's a pleasure to be here. Hola, gracias por la invitación. Es un placer. Bienvenidos a los dos. Okay, Jerónimo, Jero, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Procter & Gamble. Let me start with a little bit about myself. Um, I am uh, the product of a cultural family. I grew up in Spain and um, my father's from Spain. My mother's from uh, the United States. I had the chance in many summers to come to the States and visit my family. And growing up, that really um, left me a really positive impression of America, particularly as uh, it was in Spain, getting you know, we were transitioning from uh, 40 years of a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And the, the American values, the opportunities, everything that the country was showcasing to me as a kid really marked me and um, really helped me 
realize and decide that where I wanted to be growing up is in the States. So as soon as I finished college, I moved to the States and, and you know, I've been very fortunate that for the last you know, 20 years plus I've been uh, in, uh, in Procter & Gamble and um, in really different roles. And currently what, what I'm doing is, is a dual headed role, a, a lot of fun. And part of, part of what I do is lead digital commerce and media for North America Oral Care. And another part of me leads our corporate brand building uh, efforts targeted to this uh, Latinos in America. Okay, and Claudia, what about you? Tell us a little bit about you. You're the founder of multiple organizations. We're going to talk more about Hispanic Star today, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a Mexican-Swiss diplomat by training, journalist that uh, was raised and born a marketer. And I've been doing that for 25 years, working for global organizations as a global mobilization expert for the United Nations, UNICEF, the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis and Malaria, pretty much always trying to win the hearts and minds of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, moved to America eight years ago. That was the first ever time that I heard or learned that I was a Hispanic. I lived my entire life as a happy Mexican. And I was like, what is this new group that I'm <laughs> What joined? is this term? What is this thing? And I was like, wow, this is the big jackpot group. You know, like, yeah, this is going to be real, you know, like the real lucky pot. Um, I, I just joined with uh, Latinos being the majority uh, of the people, of the youth, of the economy, of the job creators, of the taxpayers. Um, and I'm a marketer, but also a fixer. So when I moved to America and I learned that I was of the part of this group and I saw the data, but then I saw the reality, it just like didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that whomever was doing the marketing for the Latino community was doing everything possible uh, to hide who really we are and what who we are uh, and our attributes, the best of our attributes. So um, trying to you know, like take, um, take action on fixing this reverse marketing problem of Latinos was the birth of Hispanic star. Hispanic star is a symbol to unify all Latinos. Uh, we're coming from 26 different countries of origin. We have different, uh, religious affiliations, political affiliations, beliefs, uh, and nevertheless, we're put into one. So, uh, trying to unify, create a symbol that can unify us, that can be a platform to showcase the incredible contributions of Latinos so that we can set the record straight and demonstrate that Latinos are positive contributors to the country and that Hispanics are, uh, are like as, as our campaign with Proctor says, Hispanic progress is a pro for America. So that's of the benefit of everybody. Okay, there's so much to dive into here. But before we get too deep, Jero, I'd love to know how this program ties into Procter & Gamble's business goals and CSR work. Why is this initiative important to the business? Thanks for the question. And I guess that's the, the fundamental question. Without that, so these programs really are very hard to, to take off. No? Mm-hmm. So at, at the highest level, you know, we, we, in our company, we have a, a major commitment to, to driving citizenship and, and have an aspiration to, to help create a company and, and do our part to advance you know, a world where you know, everyone feels uh, equal and, and represented. And um, by doing so, we, we aspire to create growth you know, and uh, lead growth in the categories that, that we play in. Our, our you know, chief brand officer talks, talks about the strategy in, in, a, in a very consistent way around making our you know, force for good activities and all the energy that we put into that in engine of our business growth. So force for good as a force for, force for growth. And we do this at a global level. We do this at regional level. We do it also at a local level. And um, 
when we were lo- looking at uh, the footprint and the activity work that we, we were doing, particularly in the United States, target to, to, targeted to Hispanic um, families and Hispanic communities, we realized that there was an opportunity to make more deliberate progress, that the work that we were doing was not able to, to make enough of a transformation fixing the structural barriers that Latino families face. And um, we you know, started asking and looking around who we could partner with to go and tackle some, some of these big, big objectives. And that's how we, we stumble and, and run into Claudia, her organization, and we have not looked back since. Okay, so in prepping for this episode, I learned that only 56% of Hispanic students in the U.S. enroll in college. And of that, more than half of them drop out. Plus, if we're looking at the business side of things and we leave college behind, only 4% of executives are Hispanic. So, Claudia, was this data a starting point for developing your program? And if not, what was? I mean, yes and no. The data has been at the at the core of everything that I've been doing uh, with uh, with Hispanic Star and since I created World Human. Um, it, it is really important to understand that Latinos are the future of America. Really what I just said and the program that Hero and I um, really started, you know, like I just, I will give you the story, which very, <laughs> very, we, we, it's, a, it's a very rare occasion that Hero and I are in an opportunity to share the story. But I remember actually when I felt that I found the Holy Grail Right. Like I was like, yes, that's it. It is the fragmentation of the community that we have to tackle because we're so powerful. We're so young. We're so economically viable. We're making progress. We have a number of challenges. But if we unify the community, if we tackle on the same agenda, we can do it. Maybe we can create a symbol. And, you know, like I came um, and presented to Hero, to Mark Pritchard and then to Hero and, and explained a little bit, you know, like the, the vision. I was like, look, this is where Latinos are. This is where. And he was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. And we both actually came to, it's almost like coming to the same plan from very different perspectives. Me from the non-for-profit perspective, here from the corporate perspective, we came to the same realization which is that Hispanic progress is American progress and that uh, that is great for everybody and that it can be a win-win-win for all and that Latinos are the future but do not enjoy the same opportunities, particularly about getting education and getting the training that they need and that that is really important for Latinos but it's also imperative for corporate America and important and really crucial for America in general because Latinos in general are making progress. We, from the last census to today, even if the numbers that you just like said are so hard, we are 73% more finishing college than 10 years ago. So what is really clear is that what we need are the opportunities to grow and learn. You um, you give a Latino an opportunity, we will take it and we will make it into shining and, and, and rising with it. Uh, so programs like the ones that Proctor um, Proctor has supported in co-creating with the Latino community, with leaders through the Hispanic Star ecosystem is really uh, what Latinos need. It is really an important opportunity for Latinos. It is really imperative, I think, that for companies that want to engage genuinely with Latinos as a community, as employees and as the consumers, which we're going to be the consumers of the future. And again, again, this is a win-win-win for everybody, because if you're 24, 20% of the, the population 
30% of the population in a couple of years, you want to make sure that Latinos are getting what they need, education, health, job opportunities, a better, better jobs and gender so that America can continue progressing. So your program tackles all of these pieces. And before we get into kind of what is it, what is phase one, what is phase two, Jero, how did you set the strategy and scope for this project or this initiative? Well, I, I wanted to make a comment also on, on, on yeah. what Claudia made before, before I answer this question, because um, she's selling short you know, so, some of the superpowers you know, that she brings into these, into these uh, partnerships. So our starting point was a firm belief. You know, we should both share that Hispanic progress was and is and will be good for America. Mm-hmm. And well, that is a very important declaration um, that you find so many share and, and it's foundational to, to build these alliances. What we were missing is a framework of action and, and where to focus and how to start. And, and Claudia is able to, to help us you know, and guide us to listen, the areas where the biggest gaps exist for Latino families in America relative to non-Hispanics are very are in front of us and very clear. And as she was alluding to, education mm-hmm. is better, better health, access, and ultimately better paying jobs, and gender equality. And all of these are, are, are very connected and interdependent. For us, and when it look, we looked at the portfolio of brands, we realized that the area that is most consistent with our objectives as a company and where we can rally our activity system and focus is education. Education is a fundamental area where massive help is needed, massive structural right. changes is needed. And that's where we decided to take the the next step and go from a declaration of intent to start building programs. And ultimately, that's what led to the Capitans of Futuro program that now we're going to talk about. But I wanted to give you that context because Mm -hmm. it it starts with having a firm belief that work is needed, that progress is good, finding a way to focus. We all have limited resources to finding the areas of impact, having a measurement a system to, to track progress and then make some choices and go after it together. Um, and, and, and I believe that this is part of the secret of, of our very uh, successful uh, journey so far. Okay, so do you want to talk a little bit about project scope and strategy and kind of how you went from, okay, education is the right one mm-hmm. into now what? Now that we have the education established we, we and we knew that there was a massive gap for, for Latinos, we had to find what are these you know, intersection points that can help us build an alliance. And, and we knew a couple of things. We knew that while education is a very big theme, higher education and having members of a household who complete college is a major gap. And if you're closing it, you're able to then create significant incremental income for the family in the tune of an additional $25,000 on average. That opens up consumption in categories that opens up opportunities for better paying jobs and ultimately help close some of our gaps in representation in corporate America. So we were like, this is it. It's not just education. It is going to be access to higher education and completing higher education. With that clarity, we realized, okay, what are the structural problems? And Mm -hmm. we realized that you have to go back to the source. 
right. kids are not finishing high school. And some of the reasons why they're not finishing high school is because they don't have role models that open their minds, that inspire them, that help them think differently, that help them think and gain confidence to pursue higher goals. And we said, okay, we got to find a place where kids will listen. And when we looked at the landscape of, of Latinos in America, particularly the unaculturated and bicultural sports was an area that was so in front of us and ripe for work. And within sports, there's no other sport better than, than soccer. Well, soccer football. or football, 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 we call it. it. It is arguably the best ground to, to learn about the importance of Latino values and how good they can be to help you be successful. And it also, the, it is the industry or an ecosystem where there's so many jobs. It was a, one of our big insights. For every uh, player that a team uh, puts out in the field, there's 10, 15 jobs behind it. And that's just on the team. When and you think I about realize that. I mean, when you actually sit down and think about it, you're like, okay, right. For every player, there's a number of people behind the scenes. But it's actually putting those two pieces together that you realize, okay, this person doesn't need to be a star football player, but that doesn't mean they can't be a star in their own right supporting this team. And that is what then opened our eyes to. This is a perfect sandbox to start, to really create this structural change and then inspire others to join us. And we realized that not only is a perfect ground from a cultural relevance standpoint, which is critical here, but also it had momentum. It was growing year on year, more fans joining the sport. And then we had a World Cup coming, which we're now in the culmination of it. And four years from now, North America, US, Mexico, Canada joining forces to celebrate the 2026 World Cup, which is going to be massive. We're talking the scale of 25 Super Bowls all packed in six weeks. And there's going to be a lot of uh, Spanish speaking, a lot of Hispanics, a lot of Latinos showing their pride. And we need to make sure that we have a workforce ready to take full advantage of that opportunity. So now we have also a time, a goal and target uh, that helps us then act with urgency and a sense of purpose. So that's how we bring it all back. Higher education was the problem. We, we found an industry that is representative of the many, many jobs in the, in the anchor on a sport that is a great reflection of Hispanic values. And said, this can be, should be, must be the way we help kids engage differently, build their confidence and open their eyes to opportunities. And while we do that, bring along the entire soccer ecosystem. I love it. Okay, so I want to transition a little bit and talk about thought leaders. So Claudia, Hispanic Star was fundamental in tapping into thought leaders in the Hispanic community and providing a, we're going to say, a recognizable nonprofit brand to back this work because corporations can do a lot of good, but usually are taken more seriously and have a little bit more success if there's a nonprofit partner or nonprofit behind the work as well. So what was your thought leadership strategy and did you have any frameworks that you developed to roll this out? You have to understand why I'm so excited and why <laughs> we really have a shot and at really ha- creating history for our Latino community and really be the last generation that is not seeing her in value. When you listen to Jero, when you see how super sharp and laser focused he is and how he's mobilizing one of the most leading companies in America, in the world, and how, you know, like they're putting their weight behind the community, then you realize that, the, that you know, like change is possible. I'm such a huge 
proud partner of, you know, like of, of Proctor. Uh, but you can realize that laser, laser focus, uh, like view that uh, Hero has, like my superpower would be I'm a master planner. Uh, and mm-hmm. I never come with like, let's say like short, you know, like, like I've, I, I, I go for the big ideas because I do think that frameworks in these kind of like situations can help to mobilize what we need. So I think that the most important piece, I think that the thought is you have the evidence. The evidence is, is that Latinos are powerful, but they lack opportunities. So we move from the evidence to insights and understanding the pain point of Latinos is our invisibility. The driver of Latinos is our progress. All we want is to progress, move forward. How do we actually keep the American dream moving and our Achilles heels like a talon de Achilles is our fragmentation so mm-hmm. with that how do you actually bring something that can unify Latinos like the Hispanic star like that brand that in the future ideally is like the rainbow for the LGBTQ that can symbolize Latino unity and pride ideally you know like more and more companies like Procter are going to be using it as a public face to say like I care I, I care for you I see you and you know like this symbolizes uh, and you're going to start seeing it in the stadiums like right now every time Proctor and uh, the major league soccer are you know like are, are doing games where Proctor is a sponsor you can go and see the Hispanics are in the fan zone and in the screen in the screens uh, of the stadium so we created a symbol as a brand and then as Hero was talking about the need to create a framework of action where everyone that was leading the individual efforts can jump into a collective platform of action so we created the Hispanic promise under which you have the sustainable development goals that are pertinent for the Latino community. Then you have a framework. You are connected to the global framework. You have something that is a promise to Latinos, a corporate pledge to create your Latino strategies to hire, promote, retain, uh, celebrate and, and buy from the Latino community. And I do think that gathering uh, Latino leaders, organizations that in normally work individually or in silos, gathering people and gathering corporate America has been a joy and a challenge. And, you know, like it's the journey that we have uh, mobilizing corporate America to understand that it is on, you know, like on, on their, um, on their interest to be co- to put Latinos as a business imperative and as a partners, equipping their partners so that everybody knows and has the resources and tools they need. Um, you know, like having the platform in which you can say like, okay, now let's start building. Now we have the framework, we have the partners, uh, we have a brand. So now I think that we feel confident to start putting a platform where we can start creating programs. And I think that Capitanes del Futuro is a culmination of four years of partnership between Hispanic Star and Procter and Gamble, having, you know, like the, the frameworks and the tools and the partners and the ecosystem where we can actually start getting ready to really deliver on the act. What is the act that we can have? So we have the credibility of the partners. We have local, you know, like we have local tentacles. And I think that having Capitanes del Futuro being a platform that is so smart in gathering Latino children and hooking them or attracting them, you know, like by uh, by what they're interested in, which is sports, in order for them to get the leadership skills that they need, in order to equip them with the wings that they need because they can start dreaming big like stars. I think that it is a win-win for everybody. 
I love your excitement as you talk about this. So you mentioned the children. I want to talk about some of these kids. Kero, 150 kids have gone through Capitanes del Futuro so far. Talk to us a little bit about the specifics of phase one. Where did you focus your efforts? What was included? Tell us a little bit. Number, we always, with these programs that have so much potential, it, the hardest thing is to pick where to start. So I, the question that you're asking us, I think is super pertinent. And for us, it became very, very pragmatic. You know, we, we knew we couldn't do this alone. We knew we needed to find the right soccer authority partnership. And we made a choice to join forces with the MLS, you know, the mm-hmm. professional league in, 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 in the U.S. and Canada. And um, we wanted to make sure that we had a footprint in some of the biggest Hispanic enclaves in the country. So we, we looked at where we had a concentration of teams in cities where the Hispanic population was large. And then on top, pragmatically, we had two headquarters, you know, offices where PNG is headquartered, Cincinnati and Boston. So the summation of all of that made us decide you know, to start with, with six partner teams. LA Galaxy, Inter-Miami, New York City FC, New England Revolution, Austin FC, and, and FC Cincinnati. So with that established the, the footprint in place, then we got into what are we going to deliver from a platform standpoint on year one. And we knew we needed to have a big splash to drive visibility. Mm-hmm. And in order to have a big splash, we, we needed to bring a you know, physical events that deliver that meaningful impact to the kids, their parents. So the community could see with their own eyes the potential of the program. And we were able to then bring along our media partners to capture the, these executions and help through their lens, through their access to the local communities, to the voice of their anchors, tell the, tell our story. So that worked really well. And that was a very big part of our initial push, really get this program off the ground, bringing the MLS and bringing Spanish-speaking media leaders into, into the program. And on top, we worked very hard on, on a always-on digital platform, a free platform for any kid from any area in the country to join where they have access then to their role models and their storytelling and how they are sharing back with their fans, with their kids, what they've learned in, in, learned in their journey to be captains, how Hispanic values have shaped them, who was a role model and what was the lesson. We follow up that with tasks and then we've created the opportunity for the kids to engage in the digital platform, you know, the website, as well as in different social media handles where they can now tell their story and become content creators themselves. That's where we, we've, you know, we've stopped year one. There's a lot of things we're going to talk about how to grow, but that mm-hmm. on its own was a massive undertaking. And we had to really look at the, the sequence of events uh, for sure from the learnings. I mean, we didn't get everything right. We got some things good. We learned a lot. And that's the most important thing. Okay, well, listeners are going to know that diving into lessons learned is one of my favorite things. But before we get there, Claudia, tell us a little bit about phase two and what's in store in the coming year and beyond. I mean, growth and scale, right? Like we <laughs> There we go. That's the answer. There we, go. we we have 150 kids. We want to reach 2,500 and then we'll add one zero to 25,000 kids, Latino children. Uh, Latino uh, Latinos are the future of America. We have to reach as many people as we want. Uh, for that, we will need a collective effort, you know, like to do a, a recruitment, smart recruitment, promotion of the program. From our side, we'll do everything we can so that we can do the brand building of Hispanic 
Hispanic star so that Hispanic star can really become a symbol that is front and center, uh, that becomes a public facing uh, tool for corporations that want to invest in the Latino community. We want Hispanic Heritage Month to become uh, as big as Pride meets Halloween. Uh, but I do think that a couple of the questions, the, the key words that Hero was mentioning are going to be key partnerships from media mm -hmm. partnerships to getting more corporations involved to getting the Latino leadership that we have through the Hispanic Star Alliance involved uh, parents involvement, developing and delivering tools for parents to come along, learn as well, bring their children. This is an ecosystem. And of course, you know, like more and more role models to produce a type of content that will inspire, educate and develop our young Hispanic stars so that they can uh, become Hispanic stars rising and shine. I love it. Okay, so Jero, you talked about we didn't get everything right in year one. I don't know a single program that did, if I'm being honest, but talk to us about what are some of those things that you learned along the way that you want to do differently going forward? Well, one of the things that we underestimated is the, the complexity coordinating the different mm. partners you know, and, yep. and their needs and making sure that we created solutions and experiences that were great for the audience. So benefiting the kids and making sure the parents were comfortable with that experience. There's always you know, logistics that need to be handled and, and, and managed. Number two, we need to make sure that our partners saw the benefit of the program. And that takes time for the partners to, to not only um, want to chip in, but actually take it on themselves and then help shape in, in a way that also helps them benefit disproportionately. So that has taken some time. And I would have liked to have done a bit more of that upfront thinking um, mm -hmm. with them. And specifically the idea or the, or the big realization for us, which is the, the, the soccer teams in the cities versus the league are really what is entrenched in the community. Say a little bit more about that. I'm not a huge soccer follower, so I'm not, I don't quite know what that means. Yeah, you, so you're not a fan necessarily of the MIS. You're a fan of a player and you're a fan of a team, a team in okay, your city. Yep. And the more the team in your city is invested in the community and cares about the community, they're as authentic, as genuine, building their fandom and helping them as mm -hmm. any partner can be. So one of the things that we're asking ourselves is, how can we, well, we did strive for national impact and that it speaks to the breadth. We want to expand this program right. or horizontally, if you will. We also want to work with some of the elite teams and go deep and really think through, okay, you are a hub for these communities in a particular part of the country. You know, let's say Southern Florida or say New York or say Texas. How can we help you position yourself as a key element in helping kids that you're engaged with transition to college? For example, can we host uh, you know, career fairs in the infrastructures, the facilities of the teams where not necessarily career fairs, but access to college fairs. We have to figure out what the name is. But you have families that have very different priorities in balancing education, contributions to the day-to-day -day life, different right. flexibility and needs. Having a list of colleges in the community that offer different types of access is a really interesting idea. If we can have those events being hosted by a neutral party, like a soccer team, that's already built equity in the community, I think we are into something really powerful. So those are the type of things we're looking at in terms of growing year two. We're going to expand and innovate horizontally for sure, but then we're going to go deep in, in some key cities to continue uh, shaping this, um, this program so it can deliver the impact that we're after. More 
kids going to college with careers that they are excited about and eyes wide open about, more kids staying in college, and then more kids landing hands-on experience and a job in, in corporate America or you know, pursuing their own interests as entrepreneurs. Well, I'm really excited to see how this goes. And we may just have to have you back on the podcast to do a recap of year two and what you've learned. That would be, that would be great. <laughs> We're like, yeah. Let's do it. All right, Claudia. So same question to you. Cairo talked a little bit about what he's learned along the way, what, you lo- what you're looking at doing differently in the year ahead. What would you want to add in that space? Um, look, I'm mean, like, I think that I, a, a couple of things. The first one is I underestimated how much Hispanic values are American values, but how much Hispanic values are really um, something to be highlighted, uh, our caring, our service oriented leadership and I, programs like Capitanes del Futuro are tapping into our real self. We don't have to pretend, you know, like uh, to be someone else. We can actually be proud of our our values, the way that we should be proud of our data and our history. Mm-hmm. And the program is actually, you know, like really rewarding those traits, those leadership traits, those values. And I think that I underestimated how important that is and how much is that going to build on the, into the identity uh, that is going to be built uh, of this community that is not there, not shaped yet. Um, I feel a little bit like the way that in Mexico in the 20s, Vasconcelos commissioned a number of uh, muralists to go around and to paint the New Mexico for getting the image of, you know, like the conquistadores and just like, you know, like taking the taking the essence and the heritage of the farmers and the workers as the new image of a proud Mexico. That way we're building the values of our community through the uh, through the program of Capitanes del Futuro by, by uh, enhancing those values. I think that I learned that and I want to do more of that. I also learned that there's really a formula that we can start applying as our community that can work for everybody, including whether you're a Latino or a non-Latino, an ally or not, which is the relevance of unity and pride uh, in order mm-hmm. to get progress. So if I could summarize, I think that it is almost like in math, Latino unity and Latino pride equals Latino progress and how important it is to understand that the unity, um, if we want to go far, uh, you know, like if you want to go fast, go solo, but if you want to go far, go together and how important Mm -hmm. it is to bring all the leaders along uh, so that we can deliver on a next generation that is really fully prepared uh, for the future. So, Hero, you lead all of PNG's corporate work related to targeting Hispanic communities. And I'm curious, you've clearly done this well. You've talked about your framework. But if you had to kind of shift the lens and speak directly to our listeners, what advice do you have for them to authentically reach and engage these diverse audiences? That's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to be just We're we're just going to scratch the surface, I think. So I think it all starts with... Finding that connection. You have to find a connection between what is relevant and matters to the communities that you're trying to serve and what reinforces the equity and the purpose of the brand. And Mm -hmm. finding that intersection makes everything be a conversation of possibilities and of growth. When those two things are not connected, things start falling on the cracks. And it's very hard to stay at a sustained effort to learn and grow. But when it's strategically, there is a connection between what is getting in the way of the community's progress and 
the brand aspiration and how they trying to approach helping communities is consistent with that, then fireworks happen. So I think that's a huge one. I think the second big piece is you have to learn as you go and you have to create the space to learn quickly, fail fast, iterate, and with those learnings, get this, get the confidence to approach the partners with a scale-up program, scale-up plan. So when we try to to go too big, fast, it, that's a formula for, for disaster. I think being intentional about the learning for the things that you're not sure about that you want to learn on is very, very important. And, um, and then the last piece I would say here is really understand your audience. And that, particularly for corporate America, I think is the biggest blind spot because the people in corporate right. America doing this work does not understand the audience, does not, it's, they really don't understand the insights, the motivations and how to present a genuine and authentic message, even though they have the best intentions. Mm -hmm. So that is a, a really important piece and something that we personally in this program are balancing a lot and ultimately comes uh, right into an intersection point with, we have this desire to teach how the kids, uh, teach the kids how to become great professionals you know, and call it mature ahead of the years. When yep. in reality, the kids are just trying to have fun, learn and grow. And, <laughs> and, that, and, and that disconnect uh, is something that you really need to, to pace yourself. No? So I would say those, those three things for me are really big. Okay. And Claudia, what about you? What advice do you have for listeners that want to either target the Hispanic community or build more broadly culturally relevant campaigns? Uh, look, I mean, like I, I am a true believer for decades on the power of public-private partnerships. But now that I look at the data of trust, I, I look at the Edelman Trust Barometer yep. and how much trust is eroding uh, and the Latino community even more um, on every other player, but corporate America non-for-profits, um, because corporations are increasingly, thanks to leaders like Procter & Gamble, are increasingly not seen only as uh, as competent, but also as ethical. And non-for-profits like mine um, are also ethical and are becoming more competent. And we're learning how to talk to each other and we're learning how to partner better, much better than in the years I started working in this space. So I don't think that there, if there would be a message for both, you know, like non-for-profits and corporates, don't wait, take action, start, you know, like start understanding that we're never going to be at destination. We're all in this journey. Diversity and inclusion is here to stay for the next 20 years. If you don't get action into understanding your, the communities where you operate and bringing along the minority groups that are probably going to be majorities in the future, if you don't understand that the world is browner, more feminine and with a bigger heart than ever before, is you're probably going to be out of business very soon. So for us, for, for the Latino community in particular, I would say, don't get panic. Start, you know, like that's why we created this framework so that people have the chance and the tools to navigate it with confidence. We have three frameworks ready to go. The Hispanic promise to take a strategic, you know, like to, to create your strategy for Latinos at the corporate level, the Hispanic star to take action in the brand as a marketing and consumer level. Um, and the Hispanic star fund that connects the local needs with corporate goals. And that's how we have a number of programs with Procter and 
others where we're doing delivering a scholarship for nurses, scholarship for dentists. But the most important program that we have right now and the one we want to scale and invite everybody to join is Capitanes del Futuro, a learning mm-hmm. the program that really can everybody can start, you know, like paying attention and, and rolling and being part of. Well, I am so excited to see where this takes off from, because I feel like you've you've had success already. You have big things on the horizon. And I'd love to know, Claudia, we'll start with you. Where can people learn more about you, Hispanic Star, if they want to do that? HispanicStar.org. Okay, we'll include that at the show notes. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That was easy. HispanicStar.org. Jero, what about you? Where can people learn more about you and your work at Procter & Gamble? Well, let's first start with where they can learn about about the program. I think one shout out is to the Capitanes del Futuro uh, platform. So please, please visit capitanesdelfuturo.org and you'll really uh, get exposed to it, your world of possibilities. And we are definitely looking for partners. So we want to bring more role models. We want to provide more hands-on experience to the kids and we want to create more scale in our scholarships. So every one of these areas are absolutely uh, ripe for, for contributions and, 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 and help. And in terms of learning about me, I'm very humble. So I say PNG is the best way. So we have a website where you know, PNG uh, introduces all of the citizenship work, all of the equality and inclusion work, and specifically uh, race, race equality work. And that's where you know Capitanes can be found and some of the work we do in the space. Because you're going to say that the URL there is, is us.png.com slash blog. And in there, you'll be able to then navigate and find these programs. And we also have a big section on Hispanic Star on Capitanes del Futuro. We're super proud of that program. And I think that um, those are the real concrete, uh, you know, like expressions of the maturity of partnerships, of the maturity of actually the market, uh, putting together those, those type of uh, programs that can really deliver and enhance uh, companies to become a force for good and a force for growth uh, in which in a way that, you know, like Latinos not Mm -hmm. only can be recognized, but also be ready uh, to do what we want best, which is to progress. Wonderful. Well, Claudia Jero, thanks so much for joining me and for sharing your insights, your stories, your lessons learned, the research, the data behind what all you're doing. And I'm excited to see how it unfolds from here. And see you in a year. Okay. <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure. Claudia, always great talking to you. Absolutely. Hello. The Engage for Good podcast is produced in partnership with True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Campagna and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing that you can do to support Engage for Good is simply to share this show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.